your Bibles to, uh, to Mark chapter 10. I want to start today by just reading, I think there has to be just amongst, it's one of the, the, the greatest little stories in all of history, one of the greatest. And it's about, and a lot of people know the story, it's about a, uh, a young man called uh, Bartimaeus. It says uh, his name, Bartimaeus, I mean, the son of Timaeus. We actually don't know that if he, he actually went by another name or is only ever recognised as just being, oh, well, that, that guy over there, he's just the son of this other person that we know in our community. And we read about that he was a blind man, but Jesus came on the scene. Let's read it together here. Let's have a look uh, just in start uh, in, uh, in Mark chapter 10, verse 46. It says, And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with the disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when they heard, so when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, and that would have been an indicator to other people, the things that he wore, that he was a beggar, that he had some sort of restriction in his life and he had some difficulty, he rose and he came to Jesus and Jesus answered and said, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and he followed Jesus in the way. What a story. Whenever anybody was talking in conversation with Bartimaeus from that time on, even the people that weren't there on that day, what do you think he's going to bring up in conversation with them? You know, we talk about, we ask people, we say, oh, how are you? We're actually talking about that a little bit on our way up here today uh, or, or with some other people here about how I, oh, good, oh, 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 I'm okay, oh, not too bad or whatever it is. Bartimaeus would have been saying, I'm better than I've ever been. And he would have wanted to reflect to people and say, this was my life. The whole prognosis was, I was just going to pine away in my life. Things weren't going to get any better. But then Jesus came along. I want to tell you about him. I want to tell you about what he's done for me. And they might have been unbelieving when he turned initially and said, Do you know, all of my life, I was, ex I was blind. You can imagine almost a bit of a disbelief from people. For somebody there sitting them, looking them in the eye, having walked around, observing all the things that are around, and maybe be talking about the things that have happened today and the things that have been seen and so on. You were blind. How can I believe that? 
people that are blind don't just get healed. How did that happen? And his answer was, because I asked Jesus. And that's what I want to talk about today, is don't forget to ask. Don't forget to ask. At our young people's camp last week, we were talking about uh, people's testimonies. And we were talking about the things in particular, in, in context with the young people there, about the testimony that they have, about things that happen at school. It was that sometimes people sort of throw in a bit of a throwaway line, oh, the Lord's helped me through school. And we said to them, that unless you tell people how he helped, that's not actually, that's not a testimony yet. How did he help? And when we started to dig into it, there are a whole heap of things that the Lord has helped people through school. But there have actually been similar things that have helped many of us through our workplace. I mean, for me, I can say also helped me through school because that is my workplace. But we're able to talk about where people actually asked <clears throat> because they weren't performing very well in their school. They had trouble understanding things. And there are people in the assembly who went and prayed. They asked the Lord for help. They might have tried to get any other help they could, but they asked the Lord for help. And then they actually became able to perform. They might not have been the very best student in the school, but they were no longer the worst either. And they could measure the difference. But there's other things. It might be some episodes of anxiety. In this environment, I've had trouble with that. And then you get from people. So I took it to the Lord and I asked him. And now I handle things a whole heap better. It may have been I'd lost motivation. Now, sometimes when people just lose motivation, they just wallow in that for a long, long time. But there are people who have said, I actually had to take that to the Lord and say, Lord, my days are long and they're miserable. I just don't see the connection. I don't see a purpose. I need to be more motivated. I don't know how you're going to do that. But because it's all almost a little bit like the Lord says, Oh, well, yes, you were struggling. But because you asked, here's something that I'm able to do. It might be to do with loneliness factors. I go along, I'd love to find a friend. We know that in our assembly here, there's that situation where people have thought, I'd love to have somebody at school that was also in the Lord with me. And because they asked the Lord, that's actually what did end up. Sometimes people leave things and I guess they wallow in a little bit of a misery and say, oh, well, I go to school and I don't have anybody else to encourage and, and that sort of thing. And they just sort of stay at that level. But the answer from other people has been, have you asked the Lord? So there's those things. And it might be that in your environment, school, work or whatever, there's some mean people. And they've sort of harassed you a little bit. When people are going from that and they say to the Lord, I need help with that, Lord. When we ask and then we find, oh, things are actually a little bit better now. 
Some people have actually given in their testimony, this person was just so mean to me. They were so bad. I asked the Lord to make it a little bit better and they left. There's other people that have turned around and they've said they changed their behaviour. But it was there, that connection, there was a need, there was an ask and there was a result. Actually, to do with asking, when I was a kid, my mum really confused me at various times. She really did. Because she would turn around and we'd ask for something and she'd say, if you ask, you don't get. And I thought, what am I supposed to do with that? Because if I don't ask, I don't get. If I ask, I don't get. So the rule is, no, you don't get. And that was actually a bit of a difficulty for me to work through. Actually, my mum always had a general thing about when we were going to visit other people as well. We are about to be walking into their home. She'd stop us. There was five of us kids there. And she'd stop us there. We generally walked places and so on in those days. We'd be out in the footpath. Before we go in, don't touch anything and don't ask for anything. So we'd go in there. Mum, am I allowed to sit down somewhere? What am I able to... And so, anyway, I, I had all of this sort of confusion that I was dealing with when I was growing up. Sometimes in our homes, we ask, and oh, we might not get. Now, I know that when our girls were growing up, particularly when they got into their teenage years, there'd be some things that they were asking for, and we might be a little bit unsure of at the time. And it might have been to do with, Mum, can we go to such and such a place? And we'd be thinking initially, warning, warning. We actually don't know the people that are there. In fact, we don't know, we don't know whether it's safe there. We don't know this, we don't know that. And typically they went to Sue first, whether she thought she was a softer touch than me, but that wasn't the case at all. And Sue would typically turn around and say to them, uh, let me think about it. Let me think about it. And the girls then, in a power move, to try to make her feel really bad and guilty, oh, I know what that means. That means no. And then Sue would come back, well, actually, if you're going to force me to give an answer right now, yes, the answer is no. And she could do that with a smile. But we always asked for a little bit of thinking time. And we did think about things. And generally, we were able to work things out. And at least we got a chance to put in a little bit of a checkpoint. And we found a way for the girls to do various things that initially they were saying, oh, I'm going to get no. Sometimes people just don't ask for anything. Now, we want to start to bring ourselves into the thoughts about what we ask the Lord. And sometimes people just don't ask for anything. And we have to think, well, why don't we ask? Well, in the same way, I guess, that to do with maybe some of the world, some of the family that we've been brought up with and the situations that we have, we've got a great fear of rejection. I, I expect I'll always be told no. You know, in the world of religion, 
that actually happens. For all the promises of God, people to go to various places, and there are some places that will actually explicitly tell people, oh, you can't actually expect healing today. Oh, it's not for today. It was something for back in Bible days. They'll turn around and say, oh, the, the, oh, the, the, the Holy Spirit, the way it was, in the oh, that's not for today. That was for then. It's not for now. Of course, then the follow-on are the gifts of the Holy Spirit that the, the Bible encourages us to look for. Oh, no, if the Holy Spirit's not for today, then those things can't be for today. We're supposed to just do our best and work our way through with things. Well, that's not the way that the Lord is. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Oh no, hold it, hold it. You're so close. Let's, let's leave ourselves here in Mark because we're going to go to Mark chapter 11. Let's do things in a little bit better order here. You know, we know that sometimes there's some things we don't ask for. There's some things we just don't ask for. For example, we probably never hear our daughters say to mum, mum, I've been a bit naughty. Do you think you could send me to my room? We don't typically get an ask along those lines. Or it might be the son come up, Dad, Dad, look, do me a favour. Can you just take away my phone and laptop for a time and don't let me use them other than when I'm going to do my homework? Probably best to keep them away from me for about a year or so. Could you just do that for me? We almost never get that sort of request, do we? That just sort of doesn't happen that way. We don't ask, we don't always ask for the things that will help us. The Bible actually says there's some things that we don't get because we only ask for things that we will consume on our lusts. We ask sometimes amiss. We might look at that a little bit later. Before we just read in Mark chapter 11, back in Matthew chapter 7, we're going to turn to, we don't need to turn to this at the moment. There's a direct instruction, and it comes from Jesus Christ himself. And he says, ask, and it will be given you. Now, that's not just an ask in a greedy sort of way. There's something really genuine about that sort of ask, isn't there? There's something about, Lord, I really, really need this to happen. You're the only one I can see that actually can help to make that happen. It goes on to say, seek and you shall find. This is not just a general throwaway sort of request. This is something where we examine for ourselves how important is this actually to us really and how far am I willing to go with the Lord to get an answer from him so there might be some glory returned to him. And it goes on and says, and knock and the door will be open unto you. He says, it's not enough just for a general little, oh, look, I wonder if you could help me with this. Oh, look, I've asked you a couple of times. The Lord says, show me how important it is to you. Bang on my door if need be. And that's what he asks us to do. In Mark chapter 11, we actually read this out yesterday in the prayer and fast. It says, whatsoever I, sorry, verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, oh, and the context is, 
there's some difficulty in your life. And it talks about the mountains that come up in our life. And how do we deal with all of that? So Jesus said, I was saying to you, whatsoever things you desire, the things that have become important, you've got to ask. It says, when you pray, it's a bit like what we're talking about with the young people, there's got to be a connection. To have a testimony, there's got to be a connection. This was a problem I asked. And then there's a process in that the Lord wants us to get our headspace into. It says, when you pray, believe that you might receive and you shall have them. There are times when things become so important to us. They're more important than anything else at the time. We don't know what else to do. And so we pray and we do our best to believe and we ask the Lord to help us with our belief. And we end up getting answers that can be really quite special. I guess um, there's sometimes if you can go to James uh, chapter 1, James chapter 1, what about when we ask for things and we don't get them? What about that? Because that can be sort of really discouraging and disappointing and so on. And the Lord actually uh, talks about a couple of situations where I guess he says, look, I'd still hold off at this point. Maybe there's something that you still need to learn. And it is always a matter of that all things do actually work together for, for good because if the Lord teaches us, if he teaches us, then we actually really do learn something. So in James chapter 1, and verse 5, it says, If any lack wisdom, let him ask of God that gives to all men liberally and abradeth not, and shall be given him. But it says, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that waves, wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. It says, Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. It's got to be important enough. It's got to be something where the Lord sees something that's of faith. Again, that we can make a connection between this was the problem, this was our action, and this was the response. Just the idea of, oh, I was sick. Oh, yeah, I asked the Lord, but he didn't do anything. Maybe it wasn't actually a prayer of faith. Just over the page in chapter 4, just chapter 4, it asks the question, from whence comes wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts which war in your members? It says you lust and you have not. He's like, I want this, but I'm not getting it. You lust and you have not, and you kill and you desire to have and cannot obtain. You fight and war, you have not. It says, because you ask not. You leave yourself battling through the circumstances of life. And the Lord says, you don't include me. In verse 3, it says, you ask and you receive not. It says, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it on your lusts. When people turn around and they say, oh, it's just all about me. It's all just about how I feel and so on. 
the Lord says, oh, look, can you dig a little bit deeper in your life? Can you actually think about the things that are more important that you might go and pursue those things? So let's think about, well, what are we able to ask for? What does the Lord encourage us? And it goes on and it talks about our attitude about things. In 1 John chapter 3, we're close to it, just a couple of verses over, pages over, from verse 22 where we talk about, I guess it's part of the attitude of asking. In 1 John chapter 3 down in verse 22, it says, And whatever we ask, we receive of him. And the connection is, because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight, if we're doing that, we're connecting with the Lord, it's the right attitude, it's the right approach, we're looking at the actual promises of God, it's not just something selfish. All of those things, doing the things that are pleasing in his sight, it says, and, and this is then the confidence Oh, and, and whatever we ask, we receive him because he kept his commandments, do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And it says, we command to believe in the name of the Lord Jesus. Elsewhere in First John, it says, if we ask things according to his will, he hears us. And then we know that if he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we do have the petitions that are desired. So there's this great little link in these scriptures through First John, the other ones were from chapter 5, there's things actually that are linked to our conscience. That I guess we're doing things innocently and with respect to God's commandments and his will and in the spirit of the command as well as the letter of the law. Oh, he says I can have this, so I'm going to ask, so therefore I just want it. Well, there's got to be that humility that goes along with that. Just a quote from a couple of little places. It tells us at the end of the commandment, it says it's charity out of a pure heart and a good conscience and faith unfeigned, that we really do try to connect with the Lord. And about holding faith in a good conscience, these things from, come from 1 Timothy chapter 1. It's just to hold faith and a good conscience. And then it goes on and says, that which some, having put away concerning faith, have made shipwreck. They've actually separated themselves from wanting to just do things God's way and they end up not getting the things from the Lord. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter 6. Just a couple of things here in finishing up. Have you ever been in a position where you just hoped that somebody would actually give you something but they didn't and then you've been upset because they weren't thoughtful enough to realize it was something that you set your heart on. And then when you finally blurted out how disappointed you were, the response was, well, why didn't you actually say something? I'm not a mind reader. I'm not a mind reader. It might have been the other way around, the reverse. Your husband or, or your wife wanted something. And they thought that you should have also thought of nothing else but what they want. And you have had to say to them, why didn't you say, I'm not a mind reader? The thing that is different with the Lord, he actually is a mind reader. And so we don't end up with those sort of confusions 
that happened. In Matthew chapter uh, 6 here, we're told here, verse 7, says, when you pray, again, there's an assumption that we pray, it says, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen do. They think they shall be heard just for their much speaking. It says, don't be like them. It says, your father, he knows what things you have need of before you ask him. He knows those things. And then he says, after this manner, therefore, pray ye. He says, I know what things you have need of, but I still expect you to ask. It was the same in Bartimaeus to start off with. The Lord knew exactly what he had need of. He could have just gone away somewhere in secret and prayed and healed Bartimaeus. He could have done that. But he wanted everybody to be able to see the connection. Look at this situation. And this man has asked. And this is the result. He was able to establish a testimony there. It goes on here to do with what we generally talk about, the Lord's Prayer. A bit of a summary of those things is the Lord says, when you come to me and you are asking, well, make sure you keep God in your thoughts. When you're asking me and you're praying to me, ask, ask God, help me, Lord, to keep my eye on the prize. That's when we're talking about thy kingdom come. I want to keep my eye, help me to keep my eye on the, on the prize. I don't want to lose my way. There's the things about give us this day our daily bread. Well, Lord, I need help with my provision at the moment. So we ask you, there's got to be a connection. This is what we need. Oh, and we ask, oh, and the answer came. Without the ask in the middle, well, things might just sort of just meander along. Forgive us our debts and forgive our debtors. Lord, I'll need you to help me with my attitudes. And I'm doing things in the right way. And then about don't lead me into temptation. Lord, help me, deliver me from the evil things, various things. So we have to ask the Lord, Lord, help me through the tribulation. Not just to wallow in it. And for some people, their circumstances are very, very difficult indeed. But we have to ask the Lord. It's so important. When we get towards the end of Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, it says, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewith shall we be clothed? It says, For after all these things to the Gentiles seek. They seek the trivial. It says, your heavenly Father knows you've got need of all these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, oh, and all these things will be added unto you. All these things will come. Luke chapter 11. What's, it, what's important to the Lord that we ask him? Now there might be there might be some people in our meeting here today and they're thinking, well Lord, I have got some needs. 
I've got some things that I'm, I'm uncertain about. It might be to do with health. It might be to do with relationships. It might be to do with all sorts of other things. When we ask the Lord, he puts things in a little bit of a priority order. So if you get this first, then maybe this will actually follow for you as well. In Luke chapter 11, just in verse 9, it says, and this is Jesus inviting us, he says, and I say unto you, ask, and it will be given you. Implied in ask, as I said, it's not just a trivial ask, it's actually something meaningful, something you care about, something you're respecting the Lord in asking as well. Asking will be given, seeking you'll find, knocking it should be open unto you. He says, everyone that asks receives. Now, some people say, well, I asked and I didn't receive. No, he says, everyone that asks in the right way, they've built up their faith, they've sought the Lord, they actually do receive. He that seeks, they do find. In him that knocks, it shall be open. And then he says, if a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, would he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, would he give him a serpent? If he ask an egg, would he give a, a scorpion? And then it says, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children. And it almost sounds like he's changed topic here, but he hasn't. How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? The Holy Spirit is the connection with healing. It is the connection with knowledge of God. It is the connection with comfort. It is the connection with faith. It is the connection of the adoption so that he might be our heavenly father. If we put things in order, everything else follows. So our encouragement to every single person, let's put things in order. If there's anybody here today, we always give the invitation. Or let's do it the Lord's way. Let's actually be humble. Let's be baptized. Let's ask him for that Holy Spirit. That's the thing that he wants to see as a priority for us. So let's do those things. And I'll just finish by quoting Philippians chapter 4. So oh, there's opportunity for people to be baptized here today. We've got a baptism tank. The Lord wants to see you saved. The Lord wants to see you helped. He wants you to see you encouraged. He wants all of those things. He wants to see you in a position that when you ask, you can be confident to get an answer. I'm just going to quote to finish from Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. It says, be careful for nothing. We don't have to be anxious about things. It says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We could just say, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make sure you ask him. And then it says, and the peace of God, which passes understanding, oh, he'll take care of your hearts, your mind, in fact, everything else. All the people said, amen.